You're listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey, The Good, The Bad, and The Branding with Danielle Clem, the weekly podcast created for fellow entrepreneurs, whether just starting out, established in your business, or simply testing out the waters. We're here to put the real back in entrepreneurial reality. Each episode guides you through the different paths walked and lessons learned by fellow bosses, how they got through it, and tips that got them there sprinkled in with a little business branding and a whole lot of heart. One question is, are you ready to dive in? Here's your host, designer, marketer, and frequent iced coffee drinker, Danielle Clem. This episode is sponsored by the three steps on how to write killer converting headlines. Yes, it is possible for you. And you know, if you're listening to this, you are ready to create more conversions, to have more leads come in your inbox, to get more calls who are just like, yes, I need you. And that first starts with a good content, but even before good content is a good headline, so they actually read it. So if you've been struggling with your content, struggling with actually converting people, then you need to get your butt and get this freebie because I created it off of one of the most popular and most free value workshops that I've ever created and it's all ready for you. So make sure to go to the link in bio and go to bit.ly slash dk3step and get your spot. Hey guys, so one quick announcement before we get started is throughout this episode there was a little bit of a technical difficulty so there is a little bit of a ruffling sound or muffled sound of sorts. Shouldn't be too crazy but want to say that out there in case you're wondering, what is that weird sound? That's it. So get ready for all the good stuff inside of this and let's get started. Hey guys, today we have on Laylee Smith, who is a photographer, encourager, cat mom, and Bloody Mary enthusiast. Her mission is to capture your heart with story and authenticity and is the founder of Next Level Retreat and leader of Tuesdays Together Dallas, which is a society of creative entrepreneurs who gather the second Tuesday of every month in the spirit of community over competition. So welcome to the show, Lily. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I'm so excited to have you on here. And for those who uh, are just tuning in, we have had some fun technical difficulties the last couple of minutes. So <laughs> I'm happy to finally be here with you and we can really dive in deep to uh, your story and kind of what led you down this path. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I love to begin this show kind of with the beginning of your journey and then end with your present and future. So if you can just tell us a little bit about how you grew up to kind of what led you to wanting to go down this part of your life. Yeah. So I, um, I actually was born in Iran. So mm -hmm. um, my family immigrated here when I was just a baby. And uh, growing up, I loved watching my mom. She loved photography so much. And that's kind of what sparked my passion for the art. Mm -hmm. um, but I actually went to school for communications and I minored in dance. And I was actually a dance teacher at a high school for about seven years before I took the leap into photography. Mm -hmm. um, so I've always been really interested in the arts and um, visual and performing arts. And so I think that all of that together tied with my love for business and working with people, um, I think kind of set me up for the career that I'm in now. But I, I grew up kind of all over the place. I had to move around a lot. And so being able to kind of like work with all different walks of life, all different kinds of people, I think really influenced my, um, my career now. Yeah. So was there 
a like light bulb moment for you? Because you mentioned you went from dance teacher and then kind of took the leap. Was there something that pushed you to actually want to go for the leap? Yeah. So I taught high school for about seven years and I loved, I loved it so much. And, um, I actually started photographing like my dance students, just their parents would hire me just for fun. It was like not intended to be a full-time business at all. It was kind of just like that side hustle that I think a lot of us have a lot of entrepreneurs start out with the whole side hustle thing. Um, and really this sounds kind of bad, but the light bulb moment for me was just that I got burnt out of my day job and I couldn't handle doing, um, you know, running a budding side hustle that was turning into this flourishing business and still teaching full time and teaching dance and coaching the dance team. All of that together was just a little bit too much for me. And so I think my light bulb moment came almost out of desperation for needing a little bit of self-care and time for myself and just being able to kind of step back and say, I need to decide if I want to go full force into my business or just, you know, cut it down to a hobby and make that decision and then see what happens from there. And so that's also what led me to continue educating other photographers and small business owners, because I never really wanted to stop teaching. Mm -hmm. It just kind of happened. (laughs) So that's when, that's when I decided to kind of launch my workshops and I founded the retreat that I've been hosting. And so it's all kind of come together in a really, um, a really nice way for me. Yeah, I love that. And I think what's really great too, like you mentioned, which is really funny because usually I hear the opposite where people get burnt out as entrepreneurs, but you got burnt out even before you're able to go full time in it. And that really, I think is a great lesson too, to know that it doesn't really matter what you're doing. You can always be burnt out and it's a really good indicator to see and kind of reevaluate where you're at and where you want to go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's really, it is really funny that a lot of entrepreneurs burn out, um, I mean, I I talk about it all the time with a lot of my mentoring students. And um, when I go and I speak, I've been speaking on burnout a lot lately at the last couple of conferences that I've been at. And I feel like it's something that you don't know is happening until it's too late. And that's kind of what happened to me, albeit in a different career. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that that kind of set me up for success in knowing how to identify the signs early in my actual entrepreneurial journey, too. Yeah, I I love that. And I think what's really great too is burnout, as you I think already know, is always different for everyone. Like, you know, everyone has their own limit, their own boundary, their own like ceiling that they can hit, but until you hit it, you don't really know what that is. So I see so many people who put in oh, god awful amount of hours and days and you know, their their body and mind's not, you know, meant to hold that space and you don't know you're getting burnt out until you hit it because I think what happens and I think you can talk about a uh, talk about this too is that it's kind of been for a long period of time encouraged to work a lot it's kind of encouraged to almost be burnt out or to get burnt out because that means quote unquote you're you're working hard you're doing you're doing it you're hustling but in reality the burnout can lead to a lot of bigger problems than just oh I'm working too hard oh absolutely I think that the whole mindset of um, success being that you don't have a minute to breathe is mm-hmm. is really setting people up for failure in the long term. There is no way that a business can sustain itself when it's run by one person if that one person is working 24 hours a day. It's just physically impossible. So yeah. I think that the the mindset of hustle has been somewhat damaging. And I think that there's a healthy way to hustle. I just think that you need to kind of take a step back and see like what's healthy for me and really ultimately step back and decide what does success 
look like for me? What does that mean to me? Does it mean that I'm booked out and, um, running myself ragged just so that I can say that I'm fully booked? Or does it mean that I set certain times to book and then that's how I know that I'm succeeding and I'm bringing in the income that I need, but I'm also allowing time for rest. Yeah, I love that. And I think it'd be really interesting too, since you kind of have your hand in a lot of different jars from the next level <laughs> retreat to leader to speaker. Like there's so many things that you do and an amazing Bloody Mary enthusiast is the great one as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I'd love to hear, you know, what's been your journey with trying to figure out what's kind of like the idea of your success and how you, I don't like the word balance because I think balance is kind of not a word that we can actually use, but how do you kind of find your way through it that feels right to you? Yeah, I love this question. Actually, I, I never really have been asked that before, but it's <laughs> funny because I, I do like, I have, I do have my hand in a lot of things and to, full disclosure. I mean, I'm finding myself having to step back from certain things and pull forward on certain things, like on a monthly basis, I'm like, okay, well I took on a little bit too much, um, here and I really want to focus on growing this section of my business or this section of my, um, of my goal setting or whatever. So I think that the main thing for me, and I love that you said balance is not really a word that we can use because it's, <laughs> it's like a myth. It's like this mythological, like glorious thing that we think of is like, let's maintain balance. And that's mm -hmm. what we're all striving for. But I, I think, I guess a balancing act is a better way to put it. Like, I feel like when you're juggling a lot of different things, um, it is important to kind of decide what things are going to take priority. Mm -hmm. So for me, I, I knew right off the bat, like if I have five facets to my business, the top three are the ones that I'm going to dedicate a little bit more time to. And then the next two I may love just as much, but maybe I need to take a step back from them for a few months, or maybe, um, I need to set stricter boundaries on those last couple of items or those last couple of, um, categories of things that I'm working on. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's really great for people to remember too, because the, the term multi-passionate entrepreneur comes to mind whenever I think of this is because I think a lot of us nowadays have this, um, huge vision, like whether we know it or not, we have, we kind of want to do a lot of things. I mean, from courses to conferences to products like there's so many things people can kind of like put their hands into but the problem is that like you said we're only one person and I really want others to know whether you're in your first year three years five years so forth business is that it's okay to take a step back from certain things like there might be certain projects where maybe it's time it's really great to go full force into like an upcoming course you want to do and then maybe six months later you realize that's just not what you want to do and you can kind of set it aside but I just I think too many people from what I've noticed really think that they have to do an all or nothing like they have to do it all at once or it's not working and I don't think that's really any way to run a business or a life Absolutely. It's so interesting because I feel like I I find myself having to remind myself constantly like you're not running in a race. It feels like we're all running in a race, but we're racing against ourselves. And so I think that it's interesting that we do want to do everything. We want to do all the things all at once and as quickly and as successfully as possible. And it's, it's really one of those things where it's like, take a step back and realize that if you run your business and you own your business, then your business has the longevity of a lifespan. Mm -hmm. So you need to like realize that you have your whole business is life ahead of it. <laughs> like, yes. you know, trying to accomplish 14 things in the time span that you should be focusing on one or two. 
is really tempting, but I think it's also in the long term uh, not sustainable. Yeah, no, I fully agree. And like you said, for your business, people forget like you don't have to do everything in your first year, nor nor should you, or else you're going to be just running everywhere. So I I really believe that like what you said, really focus on like one or two, maybe three big things and put your effort towards that. But remember that you're one person, like although you have multiple passions, they kind of have to be nurtured in different ways. So it might not be the best way to do, you know, all five things at once and think that's going to happen. And I think you do a really good job at helping balance that. And I wonder for you, like when you started your photography business, uh, what was the point where you wanted to kind of go into, you know, creating this next level retreat and creating the Tuesdays Together Dallas? Because you have so many amazing things that you do for kind of community. And I wonder um, how that started for you. Yeah, so for me, actually, it started with um, Tuesdays Together being a, it's, it's a local chapter of mm-hmm. the Rising Tide Society. And so when I got plugged in with the Rising Tide, um, and I saw kind of their mission of community over competition, it really resonated with me so much. And so when I got involved in that community, and then ultimately, uh, I I founded the North Dallas chapter, and then we, we merged into one big chapter of Dallas. Um, mm-hmm. But leading that group, I think, has opened a door to something that I wasn't even realizing I was looking for, which was continuing to help uh, with education and with creating a space for personal and professional growth for other people, um, which is something that I was so passionate about as a high school teacher and then just translated really well for me as um, as an entrepreneur and now as an educator and a speaker. And I think that uh, I think that when I started doing that and I, I saw that for me, my definition, I talk about defining success for you a lot, but mm-hmm. my definition of success is being able to positively impact the lives of others and to to see growth in the people that I work with. And so when I realized that, it made it a lot more clear where I should be focusing a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where that started. And, and from there, it just kind of branched into workshops. And then from workshops, it branched into, I was looking for somewhere to invest my time mm-hmm. as um, kind of somebody who had been in business for um, – longer than what I felt like the educational opportunities were targeting out there. And so that's when I created the retreat was for people who were in my exact shoes. And I just tried to create a space for, for people who were going through what I was going through to be able to have a place to come and learn and to grow and to help each other grow through community. Um, And it's been an incredibly rewarding experience for sure. Yeah. I think what's really great about that too, is a lot of what you're doing is in person, which I think nowadays is very, is vastly underrated um, because, yeah. you know, we're, we're all in this space where it's only entrepreneurs, whether, um, whether you're a designer, whether you do things in person, you still have social media, still have email. So it's a lot of digital touches. And I can really attest to, you know, when I, for example, the California wildfires just hit us a couple weeks ago, and finally we're kind of getting over that part, but I had to be kind of a shut-in for a good week or so because it was so bad outside, and it helped me yeah. realize, you know, humans are meant for connection, and although there is a good amount you can do online, you really can't be the in-person, one-to-one, just community energy that's there. Oh, absolutely. I think that, that when you go through something like that, and I'm so glad you're okay, by the way. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's so scary. But when you go through something like that and you are cut off from that 
human interaction, no matter what type it is. I mean, when I switched to being a teacher and I had my coworkers that I saw every day, I had 150 students a year. I mean, that was a lot of people I was around on mm-hmm. a daily basis to being in my home 24 hours a day by myself. I mean, my husband works long hours. It's, I, I have cats. Like I, don't have cats. <laughs> I talk to my cats all day. You know, I realized through, through that shift, how important it is to be able to sit down face to face with a person or a small group of people. And the amount of, um, of help that you can get in an hour face to face versus, you know, a week on the internet is, is absolutely astounding. I mean, the difference that it can make. And there is, I do think there's something to be said for, I love how much information is out there. And I do love like all of the courses that are at our fingertips, but I have, I mean, and I, I have gained a lot of knowledge from online courses, but I've also wasted so much money mm-hmm. on things that I'll never have to, I will never have time to open up half the courses that I've bought. Um, and so just for my own personal experience of attending things, I would rather invest a little bit more time and money and go somewhere in person and commit fully to that experience than to buy a course for half the price and then possibly never open it. Yes, I love this. And it's something that not many people talk about anymore because the the online education space is on the rise. So I think that this topic isn't talked about enough is that there is a certain limit that we hit for information we can hold. Like I would say in like a certain time period, same thing with you. When I first started, oh my gosh, the amount of courses I took was horrendous. And (laughs) I can easily say that I maybe, maybe finished 60% of them and when I mean finished I mean I went through the course but I don't even know how much was actually implemented because the way that I love to have a metaphor for online courses is they're really they're information but not implementation like although they want to give you the best information action steps they can give you they can't walk with you hand like hand in hand and help you get there and I think right yeah I think that's why uh, recently in the last six months or six months or so I've shifted my business to be more towards that one-to-one really high impact high touch because it's lacking nowadays and although I love courses like seriously they're they're bomb.com but without that implementation you can be losing the money you can be losing your time you can be losing your sanity there's so many things that can kind of come up because passive it's that's what it is like you're passively learning so it might be passive you know implementation which means less results absolutely and I feel like when you're investing in something in person you're not just even investing in the education but you're investing in relationship building Mm -hmm. and when you build a relationship with somebody if you're if it's um, a one-on-one mentoring session or a workshop or a retreat whatever a conference you're building those relationships that you can come back to in six months and be like, Hey, can I get your opinion on this? Or like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you're an expert in this field. Can I pick your brain? Because you've already invested in that person. So they're going to want to help you and they're going to want to maintain that relationship. So it's just, I think it's so much, so much more beneficial than, than people even realize when they're signing up for it. Yeah, I fully agree. And it's something that it's, I noticed that conferences are, they're becoming a little bit, slowly, I would say more inclusive. They're trying to become more, um, with more features and so forth to kind of help people want to go there. But I noticed there needs to be a lot more education around 
why people need to go because I think they first just see the price tag and think, oh, well, you know, a hotel or so forth might be a, might be expensive, but you don't realize that the hands-on interaction and the networking that you do, whether you're an introvert or not, it's it's something that you don't get every day. Like I don't, I can easily say for for sure that in my town and city that I'm in, we don't have weekly entrepreneur circles of just online entrepreneurs who are doing, you know, what we're doing. So to have that part that's dedicated for a weekend or a day for a workshop is truly remarkable and needs to be really educated more on how important they are to do. Yes, absolutely. And I think that I think that people, especially in the beginning, actually really all the time, I I just personally, (laughs) I just personally like posted, I think I posted this maybe today about how one of my, um, every year I come up with like a budget about my personal and professional development and my education that -hmm. I'm going to invest in for myself, even though I host, um, and I teach educational content. I mean, I still need to grow as well. So mm-hmm. I just signed up for like a six month coaching program that has an in-person component to it. And I think that, I think that when you first see a price, like you said, when you first see that price tag, you're like, Ooh, that's going to hurt. But it's like, yeah. you've got to look at, is that going to bring me a return that's going to, um, you know, surpass what I'm investing. And if the answer is yes, which it almost always is depending on who's teaching it. I mean, there should be no hesitation there. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And I actually recently went to um, an event called Pays to be Brave by Angie Lee, which was great. And the nice thing, too, was I noticed on some of her stories, a lot of people asked, oh, can you do an online ticket? Can you do a replay ticket? You know, you've seen those probably come up before, like digital tickets and so forth. And she just said no. Because the reason why is not because she didn't want people to go, but it's more so because you can't really dive in and tap into that community through a screen. Right. I I get asked that a lot for the retreats Mm -hmm. and the workshops. If I, if I would consider live streaming and I, I mean, I, I think that there is a positive to it, but I personally, for the environment that I'm trying to cultivate, I agree with that, Mm -hmm. um, that sentiment hundred percent that you just, you lose such a strong aspect to it that I don't, I don't foresee myself ever doing something like that either. Yeah, no, I fully agree. Even when I went to a conference, I've ironically went to a lot of conferences in San Diego this year for some reason. It just kind of ended up that way. And I went to actually uh, a marketing world conference in March and they had, oh my goodness, tons and tons of amazing speakers and they, they streamed it so you could watch the replay. And I kid you not, I have maybe watched one of those replays because when you don't have the urgency of going like when you're at the event you want to soak up as much as you can once you're back into your environment your natural environment you don't remember those type of things you just go back to your normal habits and that's kind of why I think these workshops and these conferences just anything you can do that's a lot more personal is just the way to go nowadays absolutely Yeah, and I'd love to go into, too, since we talked a good amount about kind of where you're at, I would love to hear, for those who are listening, I know they're going to want to ask this question, is what would you tell yourself just starting out? If you can go back to when you first started, what would be one thing you'd tell yourself? If I could tell myself one thing back way back in the day, um, it would be just to put myself out there as much as possible and to build relationships with people. Mm I, I think I was really nervous when I first started. I, I struggled a lot with um, my community at the time. I say community, um, but it didn't feel like one. 
this was pre-Rising Tide Society, pre-community over competition. Um, I, I started my business. I launched. And the first thing that happened was I got a handful of messages and emails and in person, even face-to-face with acquaintances, um, local photographers in my area who were basically ready. They were so ready to tell me what I was doing wrong and Mm. that they didn't agree with the way that I was structuring my business. And, um, I remember specifically one email I received. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a Facebook message actually. Mm. And I was told that I was bringing the industry down with my pricing because I was doing digital and not in-person sales. So photographers who did all product sales versus, you know, just shooting and delivering images. And I was like, okay, well, I really appreciate your feedback, but it was so hard to get, um, to get that kind of feedback Mm -hmm. from people who I would have liked to have maybe built a relationship with or, um, I don't know. I, I I guess the approach kind of put me off of putting myself out there and and reaching out to other photographers in the area and other business owners in the area and and growing real relationships. So I kind of was a hermit and I just was it, it was like I had my online courses like we mentioned. Mm-hmm. I did I went to a few workshops and other than that I was kind of feeling my way through on my own. And I think that if I could go back and tell myself like hey try to find a group of people who are your people. It's okay Mm -hmm. if not everyone is your kind of people, but you know, just put yourself out there, grow those relationships. And then you don't feel like you're just feeling your way through the dark. You know, um, when you have people to walk through that time of life together with, it's ultimately so much more beneficial. You feel so much better. It's a healthier transition into growing your business. Um, so I, I do wish that past Laylee would have had like, (laughs) It would have been a a much easier first couple of years if I had had even just one or two close friends that were going through what I was going through. Yeah, I I really resonate with that because when I first started too, I had the same thing where I I felt pretty alone. Like although your initial excitement can kind of hold you over for a couple of months, you start yeah. to feel it after a while. And I think what you brought up is a really great instance of why sometimes you have to put your blinders on, like whether you can have a really great community and the ones who support you are amazing. But usually in the first year, or I would say year and a half, it's really important to stick to your guns, stick to your values and not look too, too much at other people's, like you said, definitions of success models of their business, because it can really affect how you run yours and can tamper with how you actually want your business to go versus how you think it's supposed to go. I love that. And I love that you talk about like sticking to your values as well, because that for me, I was looking at it and I was like, well, I may not make as much money in these first couple of years, but I know that I'm serving people in the way that I would want to be served. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm treating people in the way that I would want to be treated. And that's more important to me to run a business that's ethical as opposed to what I viewed. And of course, everybody has their different opinions, but what I viewed as you know, I wouldn't appreciate this as a client. So I'm not going to put this practice into my business. Um, but when you're just starting out and somebody who's established tells you something, it's so easy to take it to heart. So I love Mm -hmm. that putting your blinders on and trusting your instincts. And now I'm so glad I did. I still run my business very much in the same way. I mean, obviously my, um, price points have changed. My branding has changed everything. A lot Mm -hmm. of things have changed, but (laughs) the core values, the core ethics and the core values of my business are a hundred percent the same. Yes. I think that's what's the really great part too, is that 
Although, I mean, I went through like three different brandings when I first started, so I understand. And that's the thing is like your outsides can change so forth. But if your insides, like your inside value, your inside characteristics, they should all stay the same. Like that should never change. And I love that you mentioned that about the higher up person giving you advice. And I heard this, I forget where, but it was so true is that if you're listening to someone, let's say you're a photographer and you hear successful advice from a realtor about photography they have no merit although they're expen- like they're successful in their area it has no merit for what you do and i noticed it happening a lot for people when they would hear business coaches or marketing or whatever that was and it wasn't tailored towards their business like their actual model it really shakes up your uh, your self-doubt, all these things start to pop up and think, oh, am I doing this wrong? Am I allowing myself to kind of run myself into the ground? Like all those thoughts start to pop up. So instead, take some time to really think about first what you want, your internal part, and that way you can make a lot more decisions that are aligned with that. Absolutely. I love that advice. Yeah. It's just something that I, I noticed so much, um, so much I would say entrepreneurs, but even just people, we need to hear that, I think, because we get, I mean, as a marketer, I I know the amount of ads that go out every day. I know the amount of pieces of content we see from everyone else, whether TV, uh, phone, wherever, we're constantly consuming, whether we know it or not. So to take time to really reflect back on what we actually want is so important, especially as entrepreneurs, because you're paving your own road. And although you can kind of look to people to see kind of maybe some ideas or inspiration it shouldn't be the end-all be-all absolutely yeah and I want to ask too because I think what's really great about what you're going for is this retreat and the conferences and just everything in person so I'd love to let the listeners know uh, what are you currently working on to kind of give them a little taste on what they can look out for yeah I'm actually I'm so excited this year uh this coming year 2019 is going to be um kind of double, I'm doubling down on the education and the in-person stuff because I have found it to be so valuable, um, not just for my attendees and not just for my students, but for me, I mean, just as a person. So um, I am offering for photographers a workshop that I hosted year before last. I typically do one big thing a year, like mm-hmm. one big in-person event. This coming year, I'm doing two. So In February, I'm doing a photography workshop for business owners who have been around for um, maybe they're in the first like first few years of business, maybe first three or four years. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're just they're watching their business start to grow and start to flourish. And that's kind of um, who the photography workshop is for in February. And then I am hosting the next round of the next level retreat uh, in September it, it's going to be right outside of Austin, Texas, um, in a beautiful lake house and it's going to be intimate again and just a really great place for kind of our more experienced business owners to come together, uh, in a small intimate setting and work on goal setting, work on tangible things that we can be doing to kind of find the next step in our businesses and in our lives and, um, kind of help each other, but also have, really awesome speakers and really great mastermind style uh, conversations that kind of will help provide clarity and action steps for all creative small business owners and entrepreneurs to kind of move forward. So I'm really excited about all that stuff. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's going to be really great too to see 
how the next level retreat and all the upcoming events come out too. So for those who want to learn more, where can they find you? They can find me at leilyamadi.com. Um, my name is so, it sounds difficult to spell, but it's spelled <laughs> just how it sounds. L-A-Y-L-E-E-E-M-A-D-I.com or on Instagram, Laylee underscore Imadi. And I am always down to chat via DM or shoot me an email, uh, fill out the contact form on my website. I love to connect with other business owners, other photographers, other creatives. Um, it's what I live for. I'm all about the relationship building. Yes. And for those people, anyone out there who wants to get on the Instagram or email or website train, I'll let that all down in the show notes below. So that can be there too, in case you don't feel like spelling it out today, you know, the links will be down there as well too. So they'll be able to find you. And I just want to say too, that for anyone out there who is wanting to learn more, is wanting that more in-person effect to really take a second and see where your people are at and see if you're in the Dallas area, check out the Tuesdays together because it's a really amazing thing you're doing. Thank you. And yeah, I mean, and honestly, we're, there's so many chapters of Tuesdays together through the rising tide. So if you go check out the rising tide society, um, com, I think is their website. I'll have <laughs> to, we'll have to look that up for, I guess for your show notes, but, um, they have so many local chapters. So, um, putting yourself out there, finding those local community groups, I think is just invaluable. I fully agree. And I just want to say, there you guys have it. Thank you so much, Lily, for coming on. This has been fantastic and a really great, I think, reminder for a lot of people on uh, maybe they need to reevaluate some things that they want to do for themselves. And I I love this. Thank you so much for, for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And I will talk to you guys all on the next episode. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey with Danielle Clem. If you like our show and want to know more, check out the show notes to join in the Insiders Facebook group, or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next week for another dose of business, branding, and everything in between. See you then.